This is All Things ANSYS, a podcast from the technical support staff at PADT. Episode 73, a dynamic review of ANSYS LS Dyna 2020 R2, and a look at what is going on in the world of ANSYS. Greetings, listeners. I'm Eric Miller, one of the owners at PADT and your host for this podcast. It's the start of October, and I'd like to say fall is in the air, but but it's not. Uh, here in Phoenix, we're still in the middle of our driest and hottest summer on record. So this is a podcast for engineers, so let's go off topic and nerd out for a few minutes about how hot the summer's been here and how dry. We had uh, only 0.24 inches, less than a quarter inch of rain measured this summer. Uh, normally, from May to September, we have just under 5 inches, 4.97 inches. July is usually our wettest month with 2.15 inches. I know there's some of you listening going, we do that in an afternoon, but it is the desert. Um, we only had, uh, instead of the 2.15 average, we had only 0.03 inches of rain in July this year. August wasn't much better. Usually, we do 1.6 inches, and it was 0.15. In July, we had over 100 Day, uh, we had uh, 30 days where the temperature was over 100, and there were 23 days where it was over 110. In August, we had 31. All 31 days were over 100. Not one day did it drop below, and uh, it was over 110 for 25 days. And then in September, yay, we cooled down um, so that only 25 of the 30 days were over 100 degrees, and we had six days over 100, only six days over 110. So uh, one of the side effects we're seeing from so much dry heat is that we're losing our, our iconic symbol of Phoenix area, actually the, the desert southwest, the saguaro cactus. Um, this is the classic uh, tall cactus you saw in cartoons and you see on TV shows. Um, it's kind of tall, you know, anywhere from 10 to 30 feet tall, and it's got these arms that stick up and point towards the sky. Uh, there's many arms around the central cactus, the uh, green cactus. Well, what we're seeing in people's neighborhoods is the arms are falling off because they're not getting enough water and it's too dry, or the whole cactus itself is just falling over. And these are these can be 100-year-old uh, plants that are just uh, falling over. So it's very sad to see. Um, it seems to have stopped for now, but uh, we had quite a few we lost during the summer. Um, of course, this is nothing like the fires on the West Coast, not even close, or, or the wind and flooding from the hurricanes that people have seen this year. Overall, we're very lucky to avoid these kind of extreme events, and, and it's actually one of the reasons why many of us choose to live here in the desert with all the heat. Uh, but it, it was really hot this year, so... Um, most of us were inside most of the time, so it wasn't as bad as it could be, but um, definitely um, something else about 2020. So your empathy and good thoughts, um, you know, out to everybody to who's dealing with weather in this crazy year of 2020. Um, ours is relatively mild, just, just too hot, too dry. Uh, other people are dealing with losing their homes and serious damage and, and injury, so... Um, just take a few seconds in before we get into the world of ANSYS and uh, send our good thoughts and empathy out to those folks. And uh, let's, let's hope uh, this last three months of the year goes better. So back to our podcast. Do make sure you subscribe through whatever podcasting tool you use. Um, also, we, we'd like to improve the podcast. We're coming up on our 75th episode. Um, and I thought I'd send out a survey. So if you, um, if you could go to www.padtinc.com slash pod survey, P-O-D-S-U-R-V-E-Y, that's pod survey. 
Um, just fill it out. It's very simple. There's two questions. You kind of rate the different kinds of uh, topics that we cover and let us know what your feedback is. Um, we, um, if you take five minutes to do it, it can really help us improve the podcast. So again, that's www.padtinc.com slash pod survey. So for today's uh, interview, we're gonna, you're going to get to listen to me gush over Alice Dinah again. Um, I love this tool. We love this tool here at PDT. And after the acquisition uh, of the company LSTC by Ansys, it just keeps getting better and better. So let's listen in on my discussion with one of our LSDINA experts, Jim Peters. Today, we're going to talk about one of my favorite ANSYS products. Um, if you're a regular listener to the podcast, you heard me gush like a, like a small child at Christmas time about when ANSYS acquired LSTC. Um, I've been, been a fan of this code since it was a government code, Dyna3D, and we were just doing some very simple bird strike with it, but it is now um, you know, really a power user's tool. So we're going to talk today with Jim Peters. Welcome, Jim. Thank you. Thank you. About uh, LS Dyna, Ansys LS Dyna, which I love to say, uh, 2020R2. So it's a there's a lot of new stuff in there. So we'll start where we usually do. What is your favorite new feature in R2? Wow, there's uh, there's quite a, a, a list in there. I, I think the one that, that jumped out to me is um, uh, one of the new particle methods. Um, mm-hmm. You know, SPH has been around for a while, so he's been great for for very uh, brittle materials. Uh, very good correlation with uh, failure that way. But you know, it's always a challenge with more ductile materials in order to get. Um, you know, number one, being able to uh, characterize failure uh, mm-hmm. without having to use the standard, you know, remove elements and stuff like that. Right. This uh, 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 Gherkin method that's uh, been developed is is outstanding. Um, you know, particle method that basically uses a a background mesh that you may have already created for a standard Lagrangian, and that can be converted into uh, a particle form mm-hmm. that uses this particular method and. Um, just a tremendous amount of technology behind that to be able to uh, simulate, you know, highly nonlinear uh, behavior. You know, one of the examples they have is is showing a a rivet piercing through right. um, a uh, you know composite structure, and uh, being able to capture that entire event, you know, nonstop without having to stop rematch or, or doing in other approximations is, uh, is pretty incredible. So definitely. Yes, it, it does, does the failure, it does the distortion, it does all that stuff. And like you said, it was a composite even. So yeah, um, pretty, pretty yeah. sophisticated. Yeah. That I agree. That's really cool. Now that's different right than the tool you use to model say a golf club uh hitting a sand wedge and sand right or would you use a tool as well well yeah i i mean you could there's there's several particle methods mm-hmm. uh available you know the uh uh, probably the one most appropriate for sand would really be the discrete element method. Okay. Um, because that's just a, you know, single particles. It's mm-hmm. designed to have very, you know, low level cohesion between mm-hmm. uh, particles, but, mm-hmm. you know, each particle 
modeled almost at the scale of of the uh, particle itself. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know that that method is really good for you know geological type materials and right. things like that. Yeah. Okay. So that's a slightly different one. Yeah. yeah cool. Um, so one of the things that I was really excited about and haven't had a chance to look at as in depth, but when we were talking earlier, we talked a little bit about it, is the new CFD capabilities. What's, what's your thoughts on those? Yeah, that's, that's certainly been the uh, a tremendous uh, addition because mm-hmm. there's, there's two forms of that CFD. Um, there's the incompressible uh, right. CFD that's coupled with all the other multi-physics uh, capability of structures and thermal. And then there's the compressible uh, CFD mm-hmm. tool as well. And uh, that one's really kind of rewriting, you know, the way that we handle um, blast and simulating explosions. Mm. Um, it's uh, really adding, you know, that level of fidelity that was somewhat approximated in earlier generations. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, now being able to to really capture with high accuracy, you know, the true um, real gas behavior mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, as well as the, uh, you know, simulation of burning propellants and so mm-hmm. forth. Yeah. So for, for those that aren't uh, super familiar with LS Dyna, it kind of grew up, um, you know, doing large metal deformation from explosions. Right. And uh, we used it for a lot of other stuff, airbags, uh, bird strike, um, uh, penetration of weapons and things like that. But now it's mm-hmm. really grown into so many other applications. Um, it, it's kind of mind boggling all the different places we can use it. Uh, and, 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 and I'm thinking of a, a test case that you did for a customer that we can't share, but um, that's yeah. in the medical space that is yeah. really exciting to see. Um, so, so um, any any changes to how LS Dyna works with the mechanic, the workbench interface? Uh, it's progressively getting more exposure. Um, you know, I was categorically say that you know most. Ansys Alstina users really maybe only have uh, a, a very brief understanding of what's under the hood. You mm-hmm. know, I almost use the analogy, you know, you've, you're used to uh, playing Wheel of Fortune. And now <laughs> when you look under the hood, now we're playing Jeopardy because uh, there's a <laughs> lot of really sophisticated stuff under the hood that is is more than just, uh, you know, a gooey wrapper. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, there's there's definitely capabilities. You know, some of the SPH uh, particle meshing uh, mm-hmm. has been uh, implemented in the Workbench interface and, um you know, just a general uh, increase in uh, in uh, capabilities of, of some of the features that are being added there. So, if you're you're using um, LS Prep or a third party tool to do your meshing and problem setup, you should really. I I feel like it's time to probably do most of it in mechanical. Is that, is that a valid statement? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's certainly, um, you know, for the for the high end LS Dyna user, yeah. you know, there's there's certainly advantages that the workbench environment can mm-hmm. can do in model prep, mm-hmm. and then you know if you need to punch out and right. and go in and and add some other features that are unsupported, um, you know, that's the basic yes. 
way that I use it most of the time. So mm -hmm. the ability to be able to get the best of, you know, the geometry prep world in, in space claim, mm -hmm. uh, as well right. as the, you know, either workbench meshing or, you know, space claim meshing mm -hmm. uh, is also really uh, a powerful tool for, for Elastina related models. Mm -hmm. That's right, because you can do hex meshing now in uh, in space claim, right? Yeah, yeah. I've been using that uh, quite a bit for a couple of my projects, and it's been working really well. Yeah, that used to be the hard part, right? With an Elastina model, was creating that hex mesh, and you don't always need you don't always need a, a hex mesh, and um, when you do, you can do it in much better tools these days. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Cool. So what else, what else do you really like? We talked about CFD. We talked about the new particle modeling. Is there anything else uh, that kind of gets you excited? Well, in, in general, there's there's so many different physics that are that are able to be coupled now. You mm -hmm. know, we've got electromagnetic, acoustics, you know, uh, chemistry. You know, a lot of the development has kind of been geared around one of the big uh, application customers, and that's automotive. Right. Uh, and with the electrification uh, emphasis on uh, automotive, there's been a lot of capability added. And mm -hmm. that's part of the new capability being introduced in uh, in version 12 of, mm -hmm. of LS Dyna. And that's um, coupling some, uh, you know, electrochemistry with um, battery models to mm -hmm. be able to, uh, you know, evaluate short, poten short uh, potential mm -hmm. uh, due to um, either impact or, you know, uh, you know, fasteners or something fasteners. like that that might yeah, you put a screw in the wrong place. Yeah, yeah in yeah. the wrong place, and it might go into the battery cavity. So um, they've developed a uh, uh, lithium-ion um, kind of multi-scale uh, battery uh, module mm. that uh, allows yeah. you to uh, uh, to model, you know, some of the standard. Um, configurations you find in automotive and you know cell phones and things like that so that's a pretty cool capability that is very cool i forgot all about that because because well lithium-ion batteries are everywhere yeah and they're getting stepped on and warped and, and broken and so this is that's great that they have that it makes it much easier to model because they're not simple things to model either so having no. this wool makes it much much better that's cool yeah um absolutely how speed with it these days? I mean, they've added a lot of features, but I think they've been working on performance as well, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. The um, you know the distributed processor has been uh, um, you know just continues to to improve its scalability and being able to solve faster. And even even on the SMP solver itself, mm -hmm. uh, just continues to uh, increase in speed. And uh, um, yeah, the the scalability mm -hmm. uh, is getting better and better for larger and larger models. And you just got a new box. I did. How, how, how's it running on the new <laughs> hardware? Is it it's noticeably different? I assume. Uh, yes, it's it's very good. <laughs> I, I had one particular model that I, I ran with a just only one generation earlier. You mm -hmm. know, um, 
Intel Core, or actually, I think it was an AMD course, but it was 47 core machine uh, that was uh, running a very large uh, crash model. That one took about 99 hours to run. I ran that exact same model in my newest machine and uh, almost cut it in half uh, with with only 31 cores instead of 47. So. So fewer, fewer cores, but uh, faster everything else. So it's, yes. it's leveraging the new hardware. That's yes, that's really good to hear. So. That's yep. that's great news. Um, yeah, it, I mean it's always been a good code for parallel, but um, you know we keep modeling more, so we need to use more more horsepower. Yeah, right? a, definitely more yeah. capabilities and more more things. Um, yeah, I just it's it's. Uh, uh, um, the different applications are kind of run through my head, and I, I actually forgot to mention automobile crash is probably the the biggest use I think of the code these days. I'm not. I'd have to ask the product team at Ansys if that's true, but um, I, I know that uh, there's been a lot of work on dealing with large assemblies so that because that's what car bodies are, right? So, oh yeah. yeah any any, any nice changes in that area, or is that pretty much? done now i can't remember well uh i mean the complexity and the resolution of of the automotive models are getting more and more sophisticated i mean if you look at some of the very latest um you know models that are provided by you know some of the university sources and uh, national uh transportation safety area that these are i mean they're picking up every <laughs> little detail you can imagine <laughs> used to be pretty you know simplified representations but um you know every you know piece is is well uh defined and so you know what used to be you know hundred thousand element models are now you know four six hundred over a million right and uh you know and that's um that requires even more horsepower to be able to do that. <laughs> yep, yep, so, yep. But that's getting yeah. less expensive. Yeah, it it's, yeah. It, it amazes me the fidelity now um, of you know connectors and fasteners and weld joints and things like that that are modeled and taking into account all those things and the energy energy absorption and deformation. Um, yeah, that's. That's a really good high overview. A- anything else that that's new that people should know? Well, there's one of the really cool examples mm-hmm. I'll be talking with in the webinar next week mm-hmm. is is one where it's a coupled EMAG uh, mechanics, solid mechanics, and flow all oh, together nice. modeling a heart uh, where there's actually a pacemaker inside mm-hmm. the heart and so it, the, the electrophysiology of that is modeled uh and it actually um you know excites the, the muscle mm-hmm. tissue and and then there's this the standard valve and then the blood flow going through that so all of that is wow. together in one model which oh. is pretty impressive <laughs> i have to check that out because that's yeah. i mean i we've done valves right we've done the heart action prescribing the motion um, to the muscle, not actually putting a current on it and then watching it distort. That's pretty freaking cool. That's that's pretty amazing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'll definitely have to check that out. I didn't realize that that's pretty cool. Um, So if, if somebody wants to learn more about LS Dyna, uh, what's the best way to kind of 
uh, understand what it can and can't do. Is there a good website or should they just kind of play with the tutorials or the learning center? What's your recommendation? Well, there's there's certainly a lot of sources for that. I mean, uh, nearest term is if they want to listen to the webinar, I'll be yes. doing next week. Uh, That's perfect place to start. <laughs> gratuitous <laughs> advertisement for that. Uh, that that'll be a good top level overview of, uh -huh. of not only what's in the latest release, but some of the exposure of what's been under the hood. And uh, so that'll be uh, uh, next week. And then. Um, yeah, the, the the website is a good one to go to. Um, what was what was formerly the uh, lstc.com uh, is now has an ANSYS header page on there. And yeah. uh, so it takes you a little bit more top level in, in terms of the uh, uh, capabilities. But, um, you know, there's there's a a lot of of really good examples for the hardcore user just you know googling uh ls dyna examples and, and there'll be a lot of of you know formatted specifically all um you know dot k style uh features uh, there's some tremendous resources just in the public domain that way yeah. It's yeah. a very active um, user community. That's uh, one thing we we noticed um, early on is they a lot of academic and a, and a lot of companies that actually publish stuff, and yeah. uh, it's it's a it's a very dynamic and active user group community uh, uh, that that there's always some great resources out there. I, that that was my go to uh, for a long time was the Alice Dino website. The, mm -hmm. the animations on there were always kind of give me a clue of what they could do in the current version. So I'm glad that's still, still around. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. And certainly there'll be more, you know, official marketing coming from yes. ANSYS to expose that, uh, that capability under the hood, obviously. So um, certainly be some more probably industry directed, um, you know, presentations right. and so forth that will be uh, highlighting specific capabilities. So, so kind of my parting comment and verify or tell me I'm wrong. Uh, one of the things that I'm seeing more, so, you know, we've been doing this for a while and, and yeah. we always get the phone call that's like, what I want to do is I want to model, you know, my product sitting on a balcony and it gets hit by lightning and, you know, some, some weird and falls off the balcony and, and we go, well, theoretically we could probably maybe do that, but that's, I don't know. More and more often I'm saying, I think we can do that in Alistina. Yeah. I, I mean, certainly there's, there's a time scale issue for, yes. practi for that's practicality. It's probably, probably but, a bad example. The lightning search is probably a bad example. Yeah. But well, it is a quick event. As long as you only care for a, a little bit of it, that's, yeah. that's good. But, uh, yeah, no, there's, there's, like I say, so many physics that are available and the, the ability to be able to couple those together, you know, just even talking more capabilities of, of simulating welding and grinding and, and things like that, you know, you know, applications that in the past you'd you'd say were theoretically possible, but not maybe yeah, you know, practical. Practical. Uh, I think that realm of practicality is is becoming you know much more real for very complex physics problems now. So certainly. Yeah, and in, in fact, one of the examples that I think I saw in the in the current release is a, a slot gear sloshing one. Is that true? Is that uh, yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. Sloshing yeah. Of, of, of different uh, fluids and so forth in and fluids could be either in the particle form or in in an ALE form or or in the full CFD form. Full so, CFD. Yeah. so yeah, that that's that's one of those things that people would always come to us and say, "I've got I got this gearbox and I want to know, you know, where's the oil going?" Mm-hmm. And uh, we would go, "Well, that'll cost you a lot, but we could probably <laughs> predict that." Um, but now it seems like we've got a set of tools where we can get we can get pretty dang close on those kind of problems. So, yeah. Um, Absolutely. That's kind of that's kind of been an exciting thing. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um so definitely uh take uh, sign up for the webinar and I'll, and af- after the uh, interview I'll give the information on how to do that on Bright Talk. Um there's the like a lot of things we talk about on the podcast. Um a video is if a picture's worth a thousand words, a video is worth a million. Um there's some really cool animations if I remember correctly um yes. in the new release. And um any any parting comments for existing or future LS Dyna users? Well, uh, I, like I've been using this code for oh, over 30 years now. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm old. But, you know, it, so much is evolving and so much is new. It's a very vibrant, dynamic code, no, no pun intended. And uh, so I'm constantly learning all the time as well. So, you know, it's it's one of those that, you know, don't be discouraged that it seems really complicated because, um, you know, there's a lot of features that even uh, seasoned ones are learning at the same time. So exactly. uh, don't, don't be afraid of it. Uh, and, uh, you know, just realize that there's, there's some in, in incredible development being done and, some, uh, you know, incredible problems that, that um, we may not have thought possible to be able mm-hmm. to do or are certainly becoming practical now. So just a real exciting yeah. time. If you do get frustrated or think it's too too steep of a mountain to climb, Jim is available for hire. So <laughs> uh, reach out to PADT. Um, you know, mentoring around LS Dyna is something that we do, and um, you know, you don't have to figure all this out when you've got folks that already have done it. So um, I'll put that plug in there as we finish up. And uh, I really want to thank you very much for your time, as always, Jim. I learned a ton, and um, I can't wait to see what's next in the world of LS Dyna. It's so exciting. Yes, absolutely. All right, right. we'll we'll talk to you soon. Okay, thank you. Well, thank you very much for uh, joining us on that discussion. Do check out his webinar. Go to brighttalk.com and search for ls-dyna, that's ls-dyna, to find it and register it, or you can look for PADT and find it there. Or you can go to our website, slash events, www.padt.inc.com, slash events, and you can find it there on our schedule. Uh, I, I recommend that you sign up. You don't have to listen to it or watch it live, but um, you, what you can do is listen, watch it whenever you want to. And then uh, it's totally worth it just for the animations. I highly recommend it just to see uh, some of the dynamic behavior that you can model in LS Dyna. And that brings us to today's word from our sponsor. And our sponsor is PADT. Surprise! I mentioned that Jim was for hire in the interview, and I wasn't joking. Over the years, we have developed a considerable amount of expertise on how to use LS Dyna and how to use it to get useful information. It is a powerful and capable tool and surprisingly easy to learn. But if you don't have the time to learn it, would like some training to get up to speed faster, or want expert advice on how to set up and post-process your model, then reach out to our team at PADT. 
We can also do Alice Dyna simulation for you if you don't have the tool in-house. And if you listen to this podcast, you're probably a power user of ANSYS. And where we specialize in is helping ANSYS mechanical and fluent users get the most out of their LS Dyna. That's kind of what's unique about PADT's LS Dyna consulting business is our strong understanding of how to use the whole ANSYS tool set. We speak your language. So reach out, info at PADTINC.com, and let's talk about where we can help you with your LS Dyna simulations. So let's talk about ANSYS stock, uh, ANSS. So on the 1st of October, it actually got up to 334.80, not, not its all-time high, but it was another kind of secondary peak. Um, and uh, the problem is, though, with everything that is happening in politics in the U.S. Uh, and with the virus, it the market itself, as well as the ANSYS stock, went back down a little bit. It's down to 321.58 on Friday, October 2nd. That's where it closed. I suspect this weekend will continue to generate serious news that will have long-term impact on our country and our economy. So stay tuned on the price. Um, you know, who knows what it's going to do? It's it's up. On Friday, it was up 24.93% um, for the year versus 3.64 for the S&P 500. So it's not adjusting as much as the market is, but it's still... Uh, something to watch. There's a lot of things outside of our little world of simulation that are driving the stock price. So in the world of ANSYS news, uh, there's one story of note. Uh, ANSYS and the University of Texas Arlington uh, did a press release where they're collaborating on hypersonics research. So UT Arlington will be using Fluent and their really cool hypersonic wind tunnel to model next generation hypersonic vehicles for the U.S. government. And they will also be verifying the ANSYS workflow because now they've got simulation and they've got test data and they can correlate it and we can make improvements to the code. Hypersonics was an area of fluid simulation that ANSYS really left to specialty codes, some other specialty competitors. Um, but now with the new developments and these kind of validation partnerships, they're growing and they're becoming the leader in this very important area. So um, if you're using another code to do hypersonics or you're looking to do hypersonics, like a lot of people are getting into, uh, definitely check out the Fluent code and definitely check out this press release um, that's on the ANSYS News website. I don't have any ANSYS blogs to uh, point out worth reading. It seems like the ANSYS website is actually down uh, Saturday afternoon. They're probably doing maintenance on it. Um, so we'll have twice as many good uh, blogs to talk about in the next podcast. Speaking of blogs being down, um, ours was down for quite some time. I think I mentioned that in the podcast. And thanks to the... Uh, uh, a shout out to our IT manager and Mr. Persistent himself, David Mestel, for not giving up and finally getting uh, what is really legacy content. You know, if you've ever been to our blog, you know that it's uh, you know fifteen over fifteen years worth of content. Um, and uh, you know, it was it was we were using an older version of uh, software and we got some newer software installed and nothing was working. It was it was really frustrating. Um, he's got it working on a new machine. It's faster. It's uh, we probably need to, now that we've got a new tool, we can clear up the formatting a little bit, but the blog is back. Um, and and we, a big shout out to David for doing that. We've got three posts because we had a little bit of a backup there. They're all around the high frequency electromagnetics world, or actually the electromagnetic simulation world. The first is that Microsoft, Microsoft's not been having a good couple of weeks. So before Teams and Office 365 went down this week, uh, the previous week they did a patch that caused a lot of programs, engineering programs, like ANSYS's uh, electronics desktop product to crash. 
Um, and we have an article out there called Windows Update KB4571756 Triggers Error 32212270. For Ansys Electronics products. We put those numbers in there so search engines would find them. Uh, it's a step-by-step -step, uh, how you need to go in and change a couple parameters in the operating system in order to work around that bug that came out with the uh, Windows Update a couple weeks ago. So do check that out if you've been struggling with that. Uh, next, Alexander Gavarov um, did a really cool article um, that... Uh, really kind of explores a new product to the ANSYS family uh, called SPI SIM. It stands for Signal Power Integrity and Simulation. And it focuses on system level and on chip level, system integrity and power integrity it, uh, to model it, simulate it and analyze it. The tool presents a variety of different features which are in a whole bunch of different modules. So what the article really does is go through those modules and explain what each of them does. So if you do signal integrity or power integrity, this is another tool in your toolbox. Do check out the article from Alexander. And then lastly, uh, some of you know that work in our high frequency area that Seema left us to join a startup and we wish her all the luck in the world. And when she left, she was halfway through a two-part post uh, on modeling antenna arrays. And we got the final version of that up and running on the blog. So it's called Efficient and Accurate Simulation and Antenna Arrays in ANSYS HFSS Part 2. And uh, we thank her for helping us get that up so that people will have that as a resource if they're modeling antenna arrays. Uh, Event-wise, we've got two webinars. We've got, of course, the ANSYS LS9 update for ANSYS 2020R2. And that's, uh, as always, on Bright Talk. And that's going to be on the 7th of October from 11 to 12 Phoenix and Pacific time. And uh, the second one for the month of October is going to be on design and digital engineering updates in ANSYS 2020R2. And that's going to be from 11 to 12 as well, but on October 21st. So you can go to Bright Talk to find that information, or you can go to www.pdtinc.com slash events. And speaking of slash events, we've got some other events to talk about in the PADT world. First off is one of my favorite events of the year that will be virtual this year, the Arizona Technology Council Southern Arizona Tech and Business Expo. This is the uh, big gathering down in Tucson where all the tech companies get together, usually at the convention center there in Tucson. But this year, it's going to be online in a very cool platform uh, that is 3D. So we're not just going to be watching Zoom. We're all going to be, we're all going to have avatars. We're going to be in 3D. We're going to walk around. We have booths. We can talk to each other. We can sit down and talk to each other. I'm very excited about this. That's going to be on the 7th of October from 9 to 530. Uh, it's actually, I think it actually starts officially at noon. The 9 is uh, to get ready and get your avatar going and wander around the virtual world. So if you're in Arizona, I highly recommend that you sign up for that event. It's uh, not very expensive and it's a chance for you to explore some of these virtual tools. Um, the next one is uh, the ANSYS, or excuse me, <laughs> this is the ANSYS podcast, but this is in Arizona, Tech Business Networking Event. This will be our seventh version of this that PADT sponsors and hosts, and uh, that's going to be on the 8th, so we look forward to that. It'll be on Zoom, so if you're in Arizona and you're part of tech and you want to take part of that event, please do so. 
And then um, on the same day, it's, it's going to be a very busy day on the 8th. That's on October 8th. Uh, during the day on the 8th, we're going to be doing a New Mexico Tech Council additive manufacturing update. And we're going to talk about COVID collaboration case studies. So some folks from the New Mexico community talking about how they use 3D printing to deal with the COVID-19 crisis. And that's going to be at 3 p.m. Uh, Mountain Daylight Time, which is 2, 2 o'clock Phoenix and Pacific. And then um, on the 15th of October, we've got the 2020 Virtual CEO Leadership Retreat. So this is also a Tech Council event where uh, leaders from the community get together and uh, we learn and we talk. And we, we're going to be networking virtually. Um, and I already talked about the last event for October is going to be on the 21st, which is that webinar on design digital engineering updates in ANSYS 2020. Uh, just a quick shout out uh, to prepare for November. We've got the, the big uh, gala celebration for the Arizona tech community called the Governor's Celebration of Innovation Awards. That's going to be on November 4th. Also on November 4th is the New Mexico Experience IT Conference. Um, and that is their tech conference. It's going to be from 9 to 1, whereas the Governor's Celebration of Information is before 7.30. So I get to do New Mexico Tech Council and then Arizona Tech Council. So if you're part of either of those communities, please do join. The New Mexico Experience IT Conference does go on a second day on the 5th. And then we finish up November with the 8th Annual Aerospace Aviation Defense and Manufacturing Conference with the Arizona Technology Council again on November 12th. So that's all I've got on the calendar for now. Um, and with events, that pretty much wraps it up. So I'm going to say thank you very much for listening to our podcast once again. Please don't forget to take that survey, www.padtinc.com slash pod survey. And uh, let us know your thoughts on how we can make the podcast better, what you like, what you don't like. Spread the word, subscribe to the podcast, um, let people know about it. And as always, don't reach out, don't hesitate to reach out. And we will talk to you the next time we do this podcast. Thank you for joining us for the All Things ANSYS podcast, episode 73. As a reminder, this podcast is not affiliated in any way with ANSYS Inc., and the opinions expressed are those of the people on the show only and not of their current or former employers. For more information, visit www.padtinc.com blog, and please share your thoughts and questions through an email to podcast at padtinc.com. See you next time.